Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. I love how when I send a text message, because I was asked a question and I thought that I knew the answer to that question. I was like, <laughs> but I'm not a mechanic. I'm a, I'm a trucker. Let me text a guy that I know who knows his shit, which is what a transporter should do if they're not quite sure what could happen. So I texted you earlier today. Can a Humvee jump a Cayman? <laughs> a Cayman being a variation of an MRAP, if you don't know. And your response right. was, if by Cayman you mean a creature, maybe. I said, no, an MRAP. And you said, well, then, no, the Humvee really can't jump anything. It's like 6.5 tons. And I didn't even think about it. I was like, okay, well, what about a 1088? And you said, can a 1088 jump a Cayman? And it was about that time that I realized we're not on the you same page. I had been, <laughs> I had been had. That was the best <laughs> military dad joke in the world. That was freaking awesome. You gotta always be on your toes. Because <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, a Humvee, uh, an MRAP, as long as they're both twenty-four volt, yeah, you should be able to jump it. No, yeah. But I was like, let me consult a mechanic. And he's like, and, and the mechanic is you. And you're like, I mean, I guess you could evil can evil that shit. But I mean, you're trying to push 6.5 tons across the freaking game. <laughs> you meant jumpstart it. <laughs> yes, because the old school terminology that we're used to, I don't think we can really use anymore. No, I think it's been canceled. Yes. Much like this show, if we don't get on with it. All right, let's roll. It's time for Eyes Forward March. Let's begin. It's another episode. Here I am, Sergeant Seagar, and with me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the face of the place. Go ahead and introduce yourself because I love to hear your sweet, smooth, sassy voice. Uh, you forgot salty. But as I, oh, yeah. the man, the myth, the face of the place, Sergeant Bacon. <laughs> the, the man who's like, I mean, you can't jump that. <laughs> I look at stuff. I jumped that. <laughs> it freaking killed me, man, because I was like, oh, I don't know what weight has to do with being able to jump start one vehicle to another. But I mean, he's got to know. You freaking got like three feet of air that time. (laughs) That's another story for a desert uh, journey where I got a Humvee high centered on a cliff and nobody, or well, not a a sand dune, I guess. I don't know. Uh, But anyway, that was not fun. Didn't like that. Um, What an episode we have today because it's going to branch off of the episode that launched last week. Just a little bit. I don't want to get into too much detail, but before we get started, there's two things that we have to do. Uh, The first thing is we have to let somebody else on the Creative Brain Candy Network tell us a little bit about their podcast. Do you know who it's going to be this week? I believe it's Simply Stogies. 
and our man James. It's my favorite. Uh, James, tell us a little bit about what you got going on. Hello, everyone. This is James from Simply Stogie's podcast, a member of the Creative Brain Candy Media Cooperative, inviting you to check out simplystogies.com for the latest in cigar reviews, product reviews, lounge reviews, and in-depth interviews from around the industry. If you're interested in cigars or the cigar culture, visit simplystogies.com. And thank you for listening to this podcast on the Creative Brain Candy Media Co-op. Damn. I am your host, James. <laughs> I am your host, Cigar. I am your host. <laughs> <laughs> still still possibly the best episode ever. <laughs> One of many that we have done. And we've this is what, episode number 41? 42? This might be 40. Is it 42? I think it's 42. I think it is 42. You're right. Research on the fly. Technical difficulties. While I'm waiting. All right. You're going to die of old age. Yeah. Or other things. All right. Uh, yep. 42. 42. We have no title for episode number 42 yet. Yet. I think I think we're going to get creative. Um, something that we have uh, been doing since the beginning of 2022. A little bit of... Um, I apparently can't figure out how to work this shit. It's time for military history. And any opportunity <laughs> that you have for technical difficulties is golden in the world of bacon. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Especially when I edit, because I assume that people think that I'm just this big clobbering idiot, you know, and, and it's like, ooh, technical difficulties. And, <laughs> and they expect me to, like, add that stuff. So we're going to roll with that. I like it. It's real. It is what it is. What do you got for military history? For January uh, 22nd through the 27th. Ooh. Um, starting, yeah. Starting back in uh, 1968, on January 23rd, the USS Pueblo was seized the, the by USS North Korea. What? The Pueblo. Pueblo? P U E Blow. Pueblo. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. The Pueblo. Uh, all right. So, so, anyways, that was a naval vessel and it was seized by North Korea while it was in the Sea of Japan. And it was seized because they, uh, the North Koreans said it was spying. Um, out of that capture, there was one fa uh, one fatality. Well, the ship was held captive. And I didn't research as to what caused that fatality or any of that, but um, that was that. What were they doing over there in that neck of the woods? Uh, according to Korea, they were spying. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, if, if only I was listening. If only. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably information above my pay grade yeah probably now we're gonna fast forward to january 24th of 1848 and we're gonna go to a little place out on the left coast called california california close your eyes for a minute and imagine you accidentally discover gold at sutter sawmill and 
President Polk at the time, he made an announcement and that caused a, a massive flood of people to go out to California. And those people were called the 49ers. Oh. Not to be confused with the team from San Francisco, also known as the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were they called the 49ers or the 49ers? Niners. Oh, Niners. Because there, no, was, there was more, more than 40 of them. Oh. Yeah. See, that wouldn't work. <laughs> if there was only 40, they could be the 40 miners. <laughs> Which would be cool. But they could be minor 49ers. In 1895, January 24th, the Hawaii monarchy was ended. Um, and as Queen, and I'm going to butcher this, Lily Lukukani Kalani was forced to abdicate as the, the Queen of Hawaii. Then the United States went and they annexed Hawaii and then granted its statehood in 1959. Interesting. Yeah, we always hear about how we gather different properties, but we <laughs> failed to gloss over that Hawaii thing and how we just kind of took it over. Was Hawaii a little closer back then? It maybe it floated away now. Yeah, who knows? That damn fault line. On January 25th of 1947, the legendary Al Capone died. He was 48 years old. He died in Miami, Florida, and he died from syphilis. Al Capone was a one-time Chicago mob boss. Of all the gunfights and everything else he was in, he let uh, little VD get him. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't, I don't know where... Al Capone ties into military history. I'm sure there's a way that it does. Gunfights. Gunfights. I like it. But could you imagine all the crap that you go through in your life? And when you should have died from a bullet, you died young of a disease. That's just crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Wrap it up, people. PSA. In 1961... On January 25th, President Kennedy conducted the first live televised presidential conference. So that was kind of a big deal back then in 1961. I can imagine. Because in 1961, they didn't have 80-inch flat screen TVs. Right. Our next one is one that we are going to remember and now try to uh, continue yourself as I go through this because I'm going to make this as, as best as I can. Okay. January 26, 1998, President Clinton made the emphatic denial of charges that he had a sexual affair with Monica Lewinsky and he denied that he advised her to lie about it. He was quoted in saying, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Miss Lewinsky. That's fitting since uh, the podcast that we were pimping on the Crater Brain Candy Network was simply Stogies. That just worked out really well for this episode. <laughs> it was probably, James, this is for you. I guarantee you he burnt a Gurkha on that carpet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was a Gurkha. It wasn't one of my 
wasn't one of my Monte Cristos or whatever those. Nope, I'm sure it was a Gurkha. It was a really expensive yard gar. Perfect. All right. So January 26, 1880, General Douglas MacArthur had a birthday. It was his birthday, his first birthday ever. He was brought into the world. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so one of the things uh, MacArthur was known for a lot of different things, but he um, he was noted for saying, "I shall return," and uh, he also told Congress, "Old soldiers never die; they just fade away." That's a horrible quote. It's true, but it's a horrible quote. Very true. It's not horrible. It's Sad. Factual truthful it's, it's not truthful. sad it's it's sad because it's truthful all right we got two more here okay so uh, pick right. it up a little bit there uh sparkle farts let's do it okay twinkle toes <laughs> all right <laughs> january 27th 1967 there were three astronauts that were killed inside the apollo one as a fire erupted during a launch uh simulation and that was at cape kennedy and uh, finally, on January 27th, 1973, the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War ended as the North Vietnamese and the USA signed an agreement in Paris. The U.S. then removed all troops within 60 days, ending the longest war in the U.S. history at that time. 58,000 Americans were killed, 300,000 were wounded, and another 2,500 were um listed as missing in action. And that is all for this week. Yeah, I've done a little bit of research on the Vietnam War, uh, and I'm really fascinated with the Tet Offensive, uh, which you actually see a portrayal of in a very famous movie. I don't remember what the name of the movie is. Right, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Ah, there it is. Ah, my favorite Joker. Yeah, my favorite, your favorite, my favorite. And if you ever argue who is the better Joker, that was a good meme that you played. It's in our Discord. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Check out our Discord. It's time for military Okay, all right. Good push. <laughs> I'll see if I can't keep that in. <laughs> don't. Don't. I'm going to see if I can't. <laughs> if I can pick it up. If I can pick it up in the headphones, I'm going to leave it. I'm just going to like create a little dead space, a little dead space. And just and then, <laughs> somebody's opening up a really weird old creaky door. It's Seagar's butthole. Oh, There's a really old creaky door. <laughs> Rusty hinges. Yeah. Well, at least we're not in the same office because that would end the show right now. Cause my, my eyes, they're watering anyway. <laughs> Uh, so this episode, really, what I think we wanted to do is branch off from the previous episode where we talked about the P-POM and, um, you know, I, I don't want to get into the circumstances of whatever and the tempo of this episode is going to pick up because it frustrates the shit out of me. I have a problem with soldiers. You'll solve it. Thank you, Vanilla Bacon. I have a problem with soldiers who don't realize who is who and what people do. I'm talking about burning bridges and understanding who you need to 
follow as an NCO and who you need to be like, yeah, okay, they're my leader, right? And we talked about this the Mm -hmm. other day that not every NCO, non-commissioned officer, is going to be that guy or gal that you're going to follow. Some will, some won't, because leadership is kind of a unique taste. Have that style and that knack that people gravitate towards, and other leaders aren't really leaders. So you're saying like, maybe they're born with it. Maybe they're Maybelline. Oh, Jesus. Maybe they're born with it. Maybe they're Maybelline might be the title to this episode. Who knows as we get farther into it? No, what I'm trying to say is that when you are a junior enlisted soldier and you come into an organization And I think that those soldiers today are different than the soldiers of 20 years ago. And I think some leaders are the leaders who are going to say, you need to do this, you need to do that. Like they're the getter dunners. The directive leaders. Yep. The directive leaders and other leaders are the leaders who are like, Hey, I'm not really in the chain of command other than I'm old, rusty and crusty and been around for a while. My job is to have this knowledge base that when you bring your issues to me, I can figure out a way to solve it. In my mind, I think there's two different types of leaders. Would you agree or would you add another type of leader? Would you, I mean, what's your thoughts? Yeah, there's multiple different leadership styles, obviously, right? You have the the directive leader and then you have kind of what you were saying is the more of a collective leader. Yeah. And you have an indirect leader, right? Who is very much um, hands off uh, to steal from Jocko decentralized. Ooh, that's a good way to put it. It is exactly. It's a perfect way to put it. That's why I had to steal it. And I had to give him credit. Yep. A decentralized or a collective leader is going to be a far better leader than a directive leader because they are going to be able to be approachable. They're not going to have that that uh, persona where they're just mean. Soldiers are going to be able to call them and ask them advice and be sure. able to reach out when they have a personal issue that, hey, you know, Sergeant Seagar, this is what's going on. This is why I'm not going to be at drill. And you can look out for them. You can take care of them a little bit, right? mentor them okay this is how we get through these situations as a family because ultimately we are a family 100 percent is that we're a family and we take care of each other but you have like you said those leaders who are leading a bunch of people to get the mission done and then you have leaders who aren't necessarily in front working to get the mission done they're kind of behind the scenes and they're more focused on taking care of the people they're the ones that are able to listen to the soldier issues as long as communication is happening right now i don't know about you Mm -hmm. but i've always said because i'm not a direct leader i'm an indirect leader because of my role my position 
I can swap back and forth. I can be a direct leader if I need to step in and fill shoes for somebody who's absent, but primarily I'm an indirect leader. I'm that guy that you come to with your problems, your concerns, your issues. And I'm that guy who has the resources to figure out resolutions for those problems. Right. You've created a network. Uh, well, absolutely. And I, and I assume you have too, because you've been around a minute. Yeah. You know, but ultimately I'm not a subject matter expert on anything. I'm not the guy. Jumping Humvees. Especially not Humvees and MRAPs. Yep. You're absolutely right. I'm that guy that, uh, is kind of, like I, I really, I don't know much about anything, but I definitely have made contacts with people who are subject matter experts. So I'm the type of person that can take your situation and figure out how to get a resolution with many other people's help. So it frustrates me when you have soldiers who don't understand the difference between direct and indirect leadership. Now, I'm not a direct leadership, but I actually have more impact on your career than the people who are direct. So when you come to me and you're like, hey, da-da-da-da-da, here's my issue, blah, 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 and I say, okay, well, here's what we need to do, step one, step two, step three, and you don't like that answer because it's not an instant resolution, and you go to another leader who is maybe a direct leader and doesn't know all the behind the scenes stuff because their job is to accomplish the mission. And so they're like, Oh yeah, we're all good. Um, see you later, blah, 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 blah. That pisses me off because I'm still a leader. I'm an indirect leader, but I'm still a leader. And I told you what you needed to do and how you needed to resolve this with the knowledge that you have given me and with the knowledge that I have it may not be everything, but when you don't like what I have to say, so you go to somebody else to get the answer you want and then blow me off. I have a problem with that. I have a problem right. with that because just because I am not your direct leader, I'm your indirect leader. You can just, I don't like your answer. So I'm going to go to my direct leader. I'm going to get the answer I want and do what I want. Well, guess right. what? Mother trucker. I can affect everything more than the direct leader because I'm the one that has to take care of you as a person. But I'm here's my thing. There's certain things that you can do to prove your point that will probably end up in a bigger issue. Right. And there's other things that you can do to prove your point, but I have to, at some point, somehow, some way I have to be like, Hey soldier, I need you to understand who I am and the importance that I provide. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Google me, bitch. You know, like if you don't understand the value, what values I bring and what my value to this team is Ask somebody. So let's go back to the last episode where we talked about the, the P-POM. 
And if you were a, a current corporal, all you have to do is fill out. I have to counsel you, make sure that you understand what this is. You, you initial, you sign, you agree. And then I submit that paperwork so I can promote you to Sergeant. And I tell you, Hey, you need to be here at this time so that we can do this paperwork so I can promote you, but you don't like that answer. So you go somewhere else to get a different directive, a different mission, and you blow me off. Well, now what do I do? Cause I technically can't promote you because you didn't show up to where you were supposed to be to sign the paperwork. Like I clearly explained to you. Right. You didn't do your part to, you gave them all the answers and they threw away the test. And now because of that, that's a phenomenal analogy. Now someone's promotion, let's say is delayed at least 30 more days. That's another, that's a whole nother month that they could be in that position getting paid for the job that they're doing. And not to mention that person is from your armory originally, and they have friends there or whatever. And they were originally picked up to go somewhere else. And you worked it out. You did a little insider trading where you said, Hey, this guy is coming from your armory to mine. This guy is going from our armory to yours. Could we flip flop? Yeah. So you do this work behind the scenes for this guy. And then he goes and he fucking lights a match on the bridge. And just now he's standing there burning a, a valuable bridge and, and a valuable networking tool that he could use later on in life. This just popped into my mind. This was actually a speech that was given to me by my junior high school teacher. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. Today is a new day. I'm giving every single person in this class an A. All you got to do is show up, participate, and put in the effort. You will graduate. You will be successful because I am here to make you successful. However, you don't show up, you don't participate, and you don't put in the effort, you will fail. And I struggle with, I, I, I love the philosophy, but I struggle with it because I am an NCO. My job is to not let anybody fail. But where's that point where I can safely say I cannot justify putting in the time for this one person who does not want to meet the three criteria, but I have throwing a random number out there, 40 people who do want to put in the, the effort. Why do I have to focus at what point can I justify not focusing all my attention on one person? who wants to be an individual compared to 40 people who want to be part of the team and who want to be part of the family and who want to be successful. Well, I know we kind of talked a little bit about this, but that's like biblical little <laughs> right, stuff yeah. you're asking, right? Like, like, no, straight up. Like I went and had to look, uh, Jesus asked that same question, right? He says, uh, what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will you not leave the 99 to go get the one? So you, and that's the question you're asking straight up. It is. If the answer to that is yes, then 
you have to make that decision that I can trust these uh, the rest of the flock to not wander off, mm-hmm. and I have to go out there. And that's why they give them that little that shepherd's hook. That's to grab that lost sheep and drag them back. Hmm. Sounds like I need to jump on Amazon and buy myself a shepherd hook, or you just go or uh, talk to one of the Daves and see if they got one left over from the Christmas pageant. <laughs> Well played, well played. Yeah. Just walk around the armory, shepherd Seagar, and just drag them back in. And that's not a bad idea because I think that they would see that and they'd be like, what the fuck's going on? And I could be like, my shepherd hook. Let me tell you a story. Are you the one that's as important as the rest of the 99? And that's really the question you're asking. As, As an NCO, there's no excuse for letting that one go. Like, how can I justify this soldier doesn't want to be part of the flock or part of the herd anymore? And I've done X, Y, Z, triple D. Ooh, triple Ds. To to try to, like, justify it. But I just just keep getting punched in the gut. Every time I freaking uh, try to put the rope to stabilize that bridge, the soldier just keeps bringing the lighter back out and lighting the yarn. Also in the Bible, it talks about sacrificing lambs. So he could be your sacrificial lamb and you could just put him on the altar in front of everybody and just be like, look, this is what happens if you wander away. This is what happens if you start burning bridges and you start kicking me right in the nuts. Well, and you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I've told you a hundred times that I'm not a big fan of counseling. All right intensive it's time consuming and then you know sometimes you want to counsel somebody because you're just pissed off and if you just let it go for a day you're like you know it's not really that big of a deal or it goes the other way and it becomes a bigger deal it festers because it's like that son of a bitch did this to me two months ago he did this to me six months before that right so now this is becoming a pattern and this is becoming acceptable behavior. And so now you're on the fence because you're like, do I, after this has happened four or five times, now I have to go and I have to go back on all these things that I did to try to help him out because I'm a nice guy. And now he's fucked me. I think you can mention the fact that, hey, here was the scenario. This is what happened. Um, you know, I was I was cool about it because, you know, mistakes happen da 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 but you know what i'm go- i'm going to annotate that there's a pattern here but this is your counseling for this occurrence i don't think that you could justify counseling somebody for the previous four occurrences unless they're doing something like legit like hey fuck you bacon okay i got to counsel you right but maybe that's a verbal counseling the second time, the next month, they're like, fuck you, bacon. All right, now that now we have to have like a written thing. We're annotating that, okay, this has happened in the past. We're good with that, but this is the second. I don't think it's just that you counsel somebody after the fourth offense and put weight on their previous offenses. I think you can put it in the counseling and say, hey, this is starting to become a pattern. Here's episode one, episode two, episode three, so on and so forth. But you have to, when you establish that counseling, 
that's D-Day. All right, here, this is what's happened in the past. This is why I'm counseling you. If it happens in the future, we will continue to counsel until we get to the point where we can have whatever corrective action is necessary. Yeah, and if I have a problem child like that, a lot of times what I like to do is, you know, if I know I'm getting a new uh, uh, platoon leader or a new platoon sergeant or commander or something like that, I'll, and I know it's coming up, I hold it off and I'll disappear for 20 minutes and then I'll come back and I'll start calling people into my office Yep. and I give them all a, a counseling. I'll kind of stretch the truth a little bit and say, Hey, look, you know, this is, this is new commander's policy. And then it's like, look, I have to follow their policy because I fall in underneath them. And that takes a lot of that weight off of you because it's like, Hey, look, I still want to be cool. I still want to do these good things for you, but the new policy is this, and I, I have to adhere to that commander's intent. So that's another way out. I'm not. I don't think I'm looking for a way out. Not necessarily, but it's another way. I feel like I own the relationship. I feel like I've made it clear, and 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 not just this particular soldier, but all of my soldiers. I think I've made it clear that I am the guy with the resources that can help you and wants to help you. All you have to do is communicate. Give me time. Don't be afraid to harass me because I have a million things going on and I get distracted and I may forget about your situation. So if you harass me via text, hey, did you any chance you found out more about this? I'm okay with that. As long as you're respectful, I'm okay with that because eventually, like I tell everybody, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm tired of hearing from this person. I'm just going to stop what I'm doing as soon as I can. I'm going to figure this out and move on. And I will bend over backwards. If you call me on a holiday, a federal holiday, because I answer my phone, whether I know your number or not, I don't care unless I'm on another call or I'm busy doing something else. And my voicemail clearly states that leave a voicemail if you want me to call you back. Because if you don't leave me a voicemail and I call you back two days later, I'm like, hey, man, I missed a call from you. And you're like, I don't remember. You just wasted my time. And if you don't leave me a voicemail, you bet your sweet little freaking ass I am not calling you back. Leave a message after the beep. Looks like that's another mission completed. A 30-mile check ride in the bag. Hit us up, podcastefm at gmail.com. Or follow Podcast EFM on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Sergeant Bacon. And I'm Sergeant Seagar. As always, eyes forward. March. Time for some legal shit. The views and opinions expressed right here on EFM are that of our own. They do not reflect those of Creative Brain Candy or their affiliates. Beep. And then blow me off, mother trucker. Ooh, triple D's.